Hello out there, wonderful Anchor people. This is Tim coming to you again today. I missed out on recording yesterday, so I'm going to do two poems and two monologues today. Enjoy the show. Ozymandias by Bruce Shelley I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert near them on the sand. Half sunk a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lips and sneer of cold command. Tell that a sculptor well these passions read, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear, My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings, look how my works ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Ozymandias by Percy Shelley Death Be Not Proud by John Donne Death Be Not Proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow, die not for death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep which but thy pictures be, much pleasure, then from thee much more must flow. And soonest our best men with thee do go, rest of their bones and souls delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell, and poppies or charms can make us sleep as well. And better than thy stroke, why swellest thou, thou then? One short sleep past we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. Death, be not proud, by John Donne. Monologue from Cyrano de Bergerac When his rival Valette boldly asserts that Cyrano's nose is rather large, Cyrano responds with an impressive poetic salvo. But, my dear fellow, that will not do at all. There is so much to say on such a topic. I can't believe you throw away the chance. You might begin, for example, aggressively. Without my nose, I'd have it surgically removed. Or amiably, how can you drink with such a monstrous protuberance? Why, I'd forgo the mug and simply use a barrel. Descriptively, why, it's a rock, a crag, a promontory, an archipelago. Inquisitively, I say, is that some kind of carrying case for a trombone or a tuba? Courteously, do you adore the birds so much that when the robins come to roost, you give them that to perch on? These, my friends, are things you might have said had you had some sprinklings of wit to spice your tedious discourse. Cyrano de Bergerac was written by Edmund Rustrand and translated 
by Charles Merowitz. Second monologue from Richard III by William Shakespeare. Act three, scene one, Richard. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by the sun of York, and all the clouds that lowered upon our house, in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarums changed to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures. Grim visaged war has smoothed his wrinkled front, and now, instead of mounting barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the levacious pleasing of a lute. But I, that am not shaped for sporting tricks, nor made to court in a morious looking glass, I, that am rudely stamped and want love's majesty to strut before a wanton ambling nymph, I, that am curtailed of this fair proportion, cheated of feature by dissembling nature, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce half made up, and that so lamely and unfashionably that dogs bark at me as I halt by them, why I, in this weak piping time of peace, have no delight to pass away the time, unless to see my shadow in the sun, and to scant on mine own deformity. And therefore, since I cannot prove a lover to entertain these fair well-spoken days, I am determined to prove a villain, and hate the idle pleasures of these days. Plots have I laid, inductions dangerous, by drunk prophecies, libels, and dreams, to set my brother Clarence and the king in deadly hate of the one against the other. And if King Edward be as true and just, as I am subtle, false, and treacherous, this day should Clarence closely be mewed up. About a prophecy which will say that G of Edward's heirs the murderer shall be. Dive thoughts down to my soul. Here Clarence comes. For these, those of you in the podcast house, and that is it for today's show. If you're joining me on Anchor, I'm going to have some music now.